Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you on this Groundhog's Day, February 2nd, 2023. Let's get the party started. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, hope everyone's wrapping up the work week. Can you believe it? Another one bites the dust. We're just crushing our way right through the winter here. Spring's around the corner, and let's spring our way into some of the drama and joy happening in Bachelor Nation. There's always a good combination of both. The joy happening today is in Claire Crowley's camp. She got married in a surprise wedding yesterday. Congratulations to Claire Crowley marrying her fiancé, Ryan Dawkins. Ryan Dawkins uh, proposed to Claire just four months ago, and they had a quick and private wedding. I have a full video up on the YouTube channel about that. We are very happy for them. And I think everyone in general in Bachelor Nation is happy for Claire for having this moment. She found a guy who's not verified on Instagram. It isn't that nice. Find somebody who doesn't print headshots, and maybe your relationship stands a chance. Or maybe not. Whatever. Either way. Uh, so much going on in the Bachelor world. I have another video. I'm just going to give you the spark notes of it right here. Clayton Eckerd is all over the internet today. No one would have thought this 48 hours ago, as you know, yesterday, shared Clayton with the uh, breaking news that he's hanging out with Rachel Recchia. Now, is it as friends or more than friends? Either way, happy for him that he can co-mingle with ex-Rachel Recchia in a mutual influencer environment. They're at a pro-am tournament, and Ben Higgins is there. Wells, Kaylin, and this is where it gets interesting, Kaylin Miller-Keys at the same tournament hanging out with Giannina Gabelli, who is Blake Horseman's serious girlfriend. Blake met her on All-Star Shore. She was a star of Love is Blind. As you remember, she uh, proposed to Damien um, on her episode of Love is Blind, and he said no, and she fell in her wedding gown. It was a whole hot mess. Well, she's found a DJ, uh, Blake Horseman. And, of course, Blake and Kaylin, no stranger to drama. Their drama spilled out from the Coachella Valley as they uh, canoodled in Coachella to Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, they had a huge beef with each other, which has spilled onto the streets. Now it's led to a beef between Blake Horseman and Nick Vial because Nick Vial said, oh, it's... It's it's not right to post your Facebook your your private messages to win an argument. Of course, that's what Blake did to defend himself against haters who thought that he was leading Kaylin on. He said, "No, she was leading me on. She was coming after me. I told her no. She was in the Uber hanging out, this and that." So then, of course, this past year, Nick Vial uh, posts or reads uh, a DM from Katie Thurston, and that spirals Blake into calling him a hypocrite, and here we are. So the story that keeps on giving is definitely giving some more, and it looks like um, cooler heads have prevailed, and Kaylin and Giannina are besties. And let me tell you something as a man, there's nothing less than you want than your girlfriend becoming friends with your ex. They're exes for a reason. But in the Bachelor world, we know that mingling does exist, and Clayton was doing just that. Uh, Instagram reels and TikToks posted by Michelle Young, also Clayton's ex, although she dumped him, and uh, posted by Janina. You know, all of the all of this short-form content you, nobody asked for clearly shows that uh, Clayton's having good fun with his moment with Rachel, and we'll have to see if it leads to more. I would love it if they were just kind of like, all right, yeah, we'll make some content, and it'll be fun, whatever. And then after they're done making content, they laugh a little bit. Clayton says, hey, what do you say we get out of here and get a coffee? And next thing you know, they realize maybe they had a good thing in their relationship. Maybe 
the pressures of the cameras and public scrutiny was um, enough to pull them apart. But maybe they've learned a little bit and they'll get back together. You know, I'll be the first one to discuss it. Now, we got a lot going on here. Just a lot of content to get to. Things that just don't deserve their own videos, but an interesting nonetheless. Maybe this might be a video for tomorrow. I'm stumbling on it right now. We have Brianna Kay. You remember her. Brianna Kay was America's first Rose recipient on Zach Shellcross's season right now. But week two on The Bachelor left a, left a sour taste in people's mouth as she accused Christina of being mean to her. And she tried to go to Zach and tell on Christina. And Zach's like, I don't want to know who it's about. And then what happened after that was folks on Reddit exposed that her beauty company that she's an entrepreneur for is really just one product that is drop shipped from Alibaba, which are AliExpress, which is a cheaper version of Amazon in China. So she basically has a $10 product that she sells for a hundred bucks. And that's the only product she sells. And people said, Oh my gosh, she's not an entrepreneur. It's not exactly illegal, but I wouldn't call yourself an entrepreneur. Like no one would go on Shark Tank and be like, what's your big, uh, what's your big product that you sell? Well, I just take this one product and I jack up the price 10 times. Now that does happen, but it's not exactly something (laughs) to brag about because the good folks in Bachelor Nation will find out and they will call you out. So she posted an Instagram just, uh, uh, I guess, last night, and it said, POV logging into IG after Monday night's episode, and it's comments of people saying, I hate you, not kidding. And she said, now, why would you do this to a sweet girl? And of course, there's always producer prodding. I'm sure Brianna's a perfectly nice person. I think we just need to remember we can react in any way we want to the uh, to the way the show is edited, but like, let's not DM these contestants. Only a loser would do that, right? Only a loser would do that. All right, but um, speaking of contestants, I had here a clip from Blake Horseman. Let's listen to what Blake had to say in an interview with Tyler Cameron. We might have a full video about this tomorrow, but we're giving you guys some exclusive content. Have a listen. I've, I've admitted this, and I will continue to admit it. I was very sheltered going into the show. Very, very sheltered. Um, I didn't really understand the world. I just didn't. And I was, listen, I was 27 when I went on the show roughly. So like I was decent age and I still felt like I didn't know the world like I do now, not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, coming, you know, coming off of, you know, bachelor and being F2, uh, it was a high. I mean, I, you know, this high, mm-hmm. you know, you're on this high and everybody loves you and, you know, everybody wants you to attend all these things and, you know, you're, you're adored almost in a sense. And it's, it's like this weird high. And then, yeah, I hit paradise and it was the complete opposite. You know, it was the complete opposite. I was almost the villain of that season. Um, and so coming off of that, I just, I, I just didn't really understand how the world, like getting those DMs, you know, I'm sure you've gotten them, those DMs where people are like threatening your life. And you're just like, I didn't know people like this existed. Like I did not know there was this kind of hate in the world. Like I didn't. Um, so it was a lot, you know, a lot of, I went through a lot of ups and downs over those like two years, roughly year and a half between the bachelorette and then paradise. And I came out of paradise and I felt lost, like very, very lost. I've, I've admitted it. All right. So there's Blake sharing what it was like to fall from grace and maybe flew too close to the sun using Greek mythology. And speaking of someone who may have flown too close to the sun, week one, uh, 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 Lika, Lika Leka, who, uh, Leka, Leka, she, uh, we'll get the name right. She was on Clayton. I'm sorry. She was, she was on Zach season just last week and she posted a bizarre rant on her Instagram story. I'm going to read it for you right now. The edited version. She posted something, then edited it. And both versions do not sound good. Let's check this story out right now. Have a listen. 
Here's what she had to say about her lack of screen time. Maybe my lack of screen time was them trying to protect a certain image of the show and that of their lead. Maybe showing only tears out of context was them trying to get back at me. Who knows? And when we talk about corporations being psychopathic, I don't think it was the producer trying to get back at her so much as they're going to use whatever sound bites and information they have to curate a story and you will be expendable in their story, which sucks. That's just what they do. I'm not saying it's morally um, on point. So here's what Lekka says. Actually, let's just do this. Let's play her Instagram store, her Instagram video first. Hey guys, it's Leka from season. Leka, I'm sorry. Okay, I got it. I'm sorry, Leka. <laughs> So they got her right there saying, you know, all she can do is be a better version of herself after licking uh, uh, Leica licked um, Zach. Now, of course, she had mentioned she wanted to do a Tamil uh, sort of uh, marriage tradition where she puts a garland of roses or flowers around Zach, but they wouldn't let her do that, uh, which is too bad. It would have been cool to see as she's the first Tamil um, uh, contestant to ever be on the show. I'm okay. Peace, Zach. Peace, Bachelor Nation. She said, um, she said, peace, Zach, and peace, Bachelor Nation. So here's what she said, and then I'll share what was edited out. She said, my time on TV summed up. It truly was a dream come true for me when I was selected for The Bachelor, and I'd like to thank Bachelor ABC and the whole production crew and team for this incredible opportunity. Obviously, things didn't turn out anything quite as expected, and I had no idea what I signed up for, but I took a chance and leap of faith, and I'm glad you guys got to see my personality and character shine through on screen. I left with no regrets because of that, and I'm proud of staying completely authentic and true to myself in the entire process. I appreciate that in her. If you want to talk trash, talk it. Here, go for it. You know what I mean? What do you have to lose? Uh, but the only thing is, the, the audience is very sensitive. So if you're talking trash and the audience decides that they like Zach, it's one of those, like, you know, you're going to have a bunch of crazy people in your DMs. Trust me, I know them. They're in mine, too. Who cares if one guy who barely got to know me and whom I barely spoke to didn't give me a rose? Not into boring batch energy anyways. The outpour of support I received in connecting with this Bachelor Nation community made the entire experience worth it. So thank you all. And then what is that next uh, emoji? Blinders? I never knew what that meant. Does that mean like closing a door? What does that mean? Zach, I'd, and she tagged Zach. Zach, I'd like to wish you a journey full of happiness and excitement. And may we get to watch a beautiful love story unfold for you. As for me, I believe everything always works out in my favor. And it certainly was God's protection and redirection to better love. And then Bachelor whatever go responded, um, what? And she goes, it's a reference to a joke he made about himself on his page, y'all. So if we go to his page, you'll see he did make a joke about boring Bachelor energy. We'll go to that right now. But just because he made a joke about boring Bachelor energy doesn't necessarily mean like her referencing it comes off well so he wrote boring bachelor energy of course making fun of everyone calling him boring but Leica was rejected by him in a way so it kind of comes off a certain way but here's what she said that then she edited out down here after the rose she said anyone who knows me knows I'm allergic to boring so it wouldn't have been a match with this Mr. Family football and frozen pizza dude anyway hashtag boring batch energy yawn snooze if it was anyone's loss in this it was unfortunately bachelor nation as they sadly didn't get to see more of me sorry guys 
LOL. The outpour of support I received and connected. So the rest was kept in, but um, that's pretty funny. And again, I'm all about shots fired. I'm all about it. Like you're not going to build your fire as a night one. I don't want to say reject because she sounds like a super lovely person, but as a night one uh, person who did not receive a rose, uh, I identify as someone who did not receive your rose, not as somebody who left in a limo crying. Well, we all cry when we leave. Uh, no one likes rejection. But anyway, uh, you're not going to build your audience by just going quietly into the night. But you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of... Um, uh, <laughs> bridal speeches at weddings. You ever been to a wedding and the bridesmaid or the maid of honor gives a speech and she's like, we all remember Tammy. Well, in college, she was banging many dudes. You're like, whoa, hold on. That's not, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like not understanding that you're not just telling jokes, but you're like, we're like, whoa. All right. So that's that story here. Hey, you got to do what you got to do to stay relevant out there. I don't blame people. You know what I mean? You know, so Lake uh, is, uh, she's out there ruffling feathers. It, look, it either gets you on Bachelor in Paradise or it doesn't. Well, what we forget is there's so many contestants. Every year there's, what, 50 to 60 new contestants. There's 30 on Bachelor and 30 on Bachelor and Bachelorette. And then whoever makes it to Bachelor in Paradise. So out of those 60 contestants, what do you got? 12 of them maybe. So like you have a 25% shot of being featured on the next season of Bachelor in Paradise. And, you know, life goes on, but uh, very interesting. Speaking of life going on, um, Katie Thurston was featured in an LA Times article, which was actually far more extensive than I thought. What you have to understand is people will often pay public relations teams to get them uh, editorials in different newspapers. So if you were someone who was, say, writing a book like a Nick Vial, you would have a PR people contact maybe the New York Times to write an article about you, but it's really just like paid promotion, you know? Not to not, not to knock it. That's just what happens. I used to uh, study and work in PR, so you understand that's that's just a form of, uh, earn, you know, b- bought media. And it's bought in the sense that you pay the PR to kind of get you those interviews. What's interesting with this one is this seems to be a pretty organic look at Katie Thurston uh, and her, her new stand-up career. And I'm going to read the full article in its entirety because I, you know, these these articles that when they're well done, you want to give the full essence of what the journalist was trying to say. So from the arts section of the Los Angeles Times, have a listen. In March 2021, Katie Thurston stood in a ball gown in front of 30 men, each of them vying to become her husband. As the lead of ABC's The Bachelorette, the former bank marketing manager from Linwood, Washington, had become a well-known entity in the decades-old reality franchise. The previous year, Thurston had finished 11th on Matt James' season of The Bachelor, where she quickly became a fan favorite for her sex positivity and overall candor. These days, Thurston still regularly stands in front of audiences, but instead of trying to find love, she's more concerned with creating laughter. Two years out from leading The Bachelorette, the OG dating show where one single person dates many contestants in the hopes of getting engaged, Thurston now lives in San Diego and is proudly minus a plus one. She's officially an aspiring comedian. In addition to pounding the pavement at local open mic nights, Thurston 32 has done quickie opening sets for high-profile acts such as Whitney Cummings and Eliza Schlesinger. The Cummings connection, Thurston says, happened as a direct result of her time as The Bachelorette. 
I ended up meeting Whitney while we were both on the set of Jimmy Kimmel, Thurston recalls. We're both tucking into ahi tuna balls in La Jolla at a Hawaiian-themed restaurant with a stunning view of the Pacific coast. I saw her backstage and I was like, oh my god, I'm such a big fan. I love women in comedy. She's so badass. I didn't even know she knew who I was or watched The Bachelorette. It sounded like she did because next thing you know, she's inviting me onto her podcast and we just had such great chemistry. Then I mentioned I've been thinking of getting into comedy and she's like, oh, do you want to open for me? As sudden as the Cummings opportunity sounds, Thurston had technically been toying with the idea of becoming a comedian long before her stint with The Bachelor Nation. It all started with a Valentine's Day rant just for my friends that Thurston posted to Facebook when she was 20 years old. Even among her circle of friends and family, the video got so many comments that Thurston tried launching a YouTube channel, though she quickly had to delete it because of her job in finance. We're managing millions of dollars for potentially conservative people, and the topics I'm talking about are not safe for work. After that, she tried taking improv classes but didn't gel with the yes and format. In 2019, Thurston again started playing with the pursuit of comedy. By this time, she was more established in her finance career, about to turn 30, and had amassed about two years' worth of material. Then the pandemic hit, and all the comedy clubs closed down. So she began posting on TikTok, still in its infancy, and built a grassroots following based on her conversational style, which sometimes included ruminations on quarantine, masturbation, and sex with ghosts. I just had this I-don't-give-a-shit attitude, Thurston says of her early content. I truly believe it's because of my TikTok presence. The Bachelor producers were able to see, oh, she's comfortable on camera. To be a contestant on The Bachelor, you can either be nominated or you can apply yourself. Either way, you'll need to film an audition video. Though she was already a prolific content creator prior to being cast on The Bachelor, Thurston looked at comedy as more of a hobby than a potential career track. I really thought I was going to be in my banking and finance career, that's what I was in for the last 10 years, and comedy would be a passion project, and I would just continue my life in Washington. If you told me that all the things that happened in the last two years were going to happen, I would be like, you're crazy. It's not hard to see why Thurston was handpicked to lead The Bachelorette while participating in Matt James' season. Thurston led with humor, sexual frankness. She famously walked out of the night one limo brandishing a vibrator and an impatience for bullying. At one point, she took James aside, a risky move in the history of the franchise, franchise, and diplomatically informed him about the mob mentality forming among the contestants in the house. Later, as The Bachelorette, Thurston ended her season with an engagement to contestant Blake Moynes, though they mutually parted ways in October 2021, a few months after the season's end. Soon, Thurston kicked off another relationship, this time with another contestant from her season, John Hersey. They broke up in June 2022. In an interview on Bachelor Nation personality Caitlin Bristow's Off the Vine podcast, Thurston said, I think it was just unavoidable. We just got on a conversation, and at one point I just said to him, I know more reasons why you don't like me than why you love me, and that's a really shitty feeling, you know. After the Bachelorette promotion wrapped in fall 2021, Thurston quickly relocated from her home near Seattle to San Diego, where she found an apartment for herself and Moines, who would be moving from Canada, a cohabitation plan that ultimately fell through. Then when Cummings invited Thurston to open for her Anaheim date of the Touch Me Tour, the former Bachelorette was thrilled even more so than being, a- even more so than being asked to date 30 men and travel the world on ABC's Dime. However, among other issues, she didn't feel the support she needed from Moines, which 
We are both very much on totally different paths, Thurston says matter-of-factly. I'm a big believer in signs. That night that I performed for Whitney, I went home, and that was the same night Blake and I had a phone call and decided to end our engagement. Thurston has dated since her relationship with Hersey ended. She cites a little situationship from this past summer, which also fell apart. Instead of wallowing, Thurston is reveling in her single status and using dating stories as stand-up fodder. I was getting tired of men and dating, truly. I was so built up with anger of failure after failing when it came to dating, it inspired me to start writing. I was like F-dating. I'm focusing on me now. I'm going to pursue what I want. I don't have to ask permission. I don't have to adjust my life around anyone. Soon, Thurston was attending open mic nights at Mic Drop in San Diego. Normally, open mics are in this tiny little gold room, but for whatever reason, the night I was finally ready to do my first open mic, we were all in the big main room. And I was like, I can't help but feel this is a sign from the universe. This is the path I'm supposed to be on. On stage, Thurston's style is confessional, engaging, and self-deprecating. Yes, she dips into her time as Bachelorette. One bit likens her experience choosing different shades of white paint to the Bachelor producers selecting a lead. But generally speaking, Thurston is not overly interested in mining her Bachelorette experiences for stage material. It's not a priority. I think in my last show, there were maybe two jokes. While there's so much that has happened, I am ready to not keep reliving it. The jokes that I've made are publicly known things. If we're talking behind the scenes jokes, that's just not a monster I want to fight for in terms of an NDA or bashing the franchise. You can close doors, but you don't want to burn bridges. Unlike other Bachelor Nation alumni, Thurston has not matriculated through the franchise much since her season. She's appeared on a few Bachelor-themed podcasts and maintains relationships with a few of the women on Matt James' season, but you probably won't find her vying for a spot on Bachelor in Paradise or doing or doling out advice to the leads on future Bachelorette seasons. Would I go back? No. Do I want to make it my identity or my primary content in comedy? No. But is it still part of my history? You can never really fully get away from it. It was a moment of time, and I'm just moving on. Part of the reason for Thurston's decision to not actively engage with the Bachelor franchise, unsurprisingly, has to do with mental health. In March 2020, former Bachelorette Rachel Lindsay appeared on the season's Woman Tell All episode where she led a discussion around the graphic, hateful messages generally stemming from social media the show's contestants receive. Though Thurston doesn't go into detail, it's clear her experiences with the show, both as contestant and as lead, have created a need to get some distance. It's a lot to go through. You have to gauge how much is it worth making a statement on. There are things I could very much have an opinion on publicly if I wanted to, Thurston says, citing controversial subjects like former franchise host Chris Harrison, who recently launched a podcast after being fired in 2021. But it's not worth risking my mental health. Overall, I've learned a lot about when to speak and when to shut up. The one thing Thurston will say about The Bachelor, she is not actively watching the new season starring Zach Shall Cross, is that the franchise needs to evolve more quickly if it hopes to keep up with newer dating shows, which take more creative risks and don't shy away from taboo subjects such as how couples handle money and different political and or religious views. I do remember tuning in occasionally and being like, this date feels very familiar. This storyline feels very familiar. This drama feels really similar. It is not a very creative experience for the viewer now, she says. I know the show is trying to figure out how to get back to its roots. What that means in a world of social media, I don't know. In my opinion, and people can argue both ways, I feel like you're losing your audience to other dating shows. Now firmly in her post-bachelorette era, Thurston is determined to make the most of the comedy opportunities coming her way, while also staying aware of how she got them. 
there is this level of guilt, she admits. There's so many comedians who have worked so hard to get stage time, and they've worked so hard to build their brand name, and I do recognize I've been handed this platform, but I'm also putting in the work. I'm doing the open mics. I'm doing what's called barking, which is where you're on the streets handing out flyers. I recognize the advantage I have, but I also am going to present the work just like everyone else. When Thurston spoke to Whitney Cummings about her relative privilege, her mentor had a take-no-prisoners reply. Women, especially in comedy, already have it hard enough. Thurston remembers Cummings telling her, use every advantage you can. Own it. Embrace it. Do not feel guilty about it. It was that moment where I realized she is so freaking right. So I try to remind myself from time to time, don't feel bad about the opportunities you're given. Take advantage of them because otherwise you're just wasting it. Another pearl of wisdom Thurston received from comedy king Pendane Cook. Be careful. Don't F the comics. Looking ahead, yeah, that's some good advice. Looking ahead, Thurston describes 2023 as the moment before you jump off of a cliff. She's doing open mics on a nearly nightly basis where absolutely nothing is off limits from bad sex stories to scatological accidents. It's such a gift to have a room that is quiet and all of a sudden everyone's laughing. I just love making people laugh. That is such a high. I would take that over sex. I always tell people when I tell them I'm a comedian and I try to own that, Thurston continues. What that means to me, I'm pursuing comedy, but also say I will have a Netflix special, just watch me. It might not be this year, but I promise you, I want you to remember me. Very nice article. Very nice, well-written article by Rachel Brodsky of Los Angeles Times. And, you know, I dipped into the Reddit to see what people were saying about it, which is generally good. People said she's really putting in the work. We love to see a hardworking woman grind it out. Much success to her. Um, almost any new comic just starting out has the benefit of bombing at small mics amongst mainly peers. Katie is working out her material and comedic identity in front of way larger audiences than usual for comics at her level. I'm not a huge fan of Katie, but it's very brave and I'm proud of her. I hope this critical spotlight doesn't get to her and make her stop something she loves that she could work to get really good at. Kudos, Katie. And a Apparently, and again, other people have said, well, so many comics will be bitter that she's jumping the line. And as Winnie Cummings had said, there are so many things working against you in the world of stand-up that you just take whatever you have. And if you don't put in the time and have an audience, they'll just never come back for a second show. Comedy, much like all things creative, it's not about creating one product. It's about harvesting a long-time relationship with the consumer, the fan, the audience, the relation that exists there. So you can go viral and have a crazy audience, but if you're not good in the moment, if the audience feels like you're just taking their money and don't have a true passion, they won't come back for round two. So for Katie Thurston, this is round one. And when it comes time for round two, round three, round four, every year as she tours or grows her channel or content or how it evolves in different ways, it's up to her as she decides what she wants to do with that. Now, I've responded into the Reddit uh, a post and I'll share with you guys what I had to say. Sharing some thoughts as a comic who has worked for the last decade at stand-up. Any comedian who is bitter at Katie doing stand-up isn't working hard enough on their act. And this also applies to anybody who's bitter about other people. Um, when you judge others, which I have done plenty of in my day, trust me, I've had a battle bitterness myself. When you judge others, you're never judging someone else who's not doing as well as you. You're always judging someone who's doing better off. And in, in rather than judge them, you know, deconstruct what they're doing. Look at how hard they're working. Look at why they are receiving so many opportunities and fight to get that for yourself. 
So as I said, any comedian who is bitter at Katie doesn't uh, doing stand-up isn't working hard enough on their act. There's an unlimited amount of stage time for those that have an audience and desire to perform. Any comedian who has seen Katie doing stand-up knows she's doing it the right way, working out at open mics, supporting other comedians, absorbing tick tips and tricks from older comics. She didn't get the luxury to work out her material at random open mics for five years. She was scrutinized for every word she said for two years. So maybe she didn't pay her comedy dues the same way others do, but she has sure paid her dues in other ways. If you haven't been publicly shamed or discussed in forums, you won't understand the dread that comes with feeling ostracized. I'm happy she's found a creative path and I'm just posing uh, and not just posing for cute pics in a hot tub. Plenty of Bachelor alumni struck it rich in the Instagram golden age of the last four years. Plenty of leads have gotten wild deals for playing along with the narrative the producers want. I think in several years, people will look back at Katie's tenure as Bachelorette and realize they didn't appreciate someone who was trying to keep it real while also being very generous with how she shares her platform. Now, as you know, I've been doing stand-up for about a decade now. I sell tickets here and there. I've really enjoyed my time as a comedian. It's the closest, most pure art form that I've ever done. I get to bear my soul on stage, make people laugh, socialize, see new places. I absolutely love it. Uh, so many people have asked me, Dave, can you come to Toronto, Austin, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Philly, and all these other places? Here's what I'll tell you. If the audience is there and the shows with Katie go well, I think we should do a tour. Why not? I'll hire Tasha, my wife, to come. She'll be the little, you know, tour rep. She can she can put together the, the info and the routing and whatever, and we'll get on the road, baby. Would you guys like to see that? So if you do want, you can send Katie a DM on her Instagram and say, hey, I'd love to have you and Dave come to my hometowns. Why not? Let's hype it up. Let's make it happen. So February 15th, Katie and I, are we have a sold out, I mean, and I'm talking beyond sold out show um, at Mike Drop Comedy in San Diego. We're going to be shooting a lot of content for it, some of which I'll be posting on the Patreon patreon.com slash Dave Neal and we'll have to see maybe we'll put a little teaser together for a potential tour and we'll have to see if we can get out there and do the dang thing but I am so appreciative because I always say this you know we sold out a room that seats 230 and we have expenses and all that but if you do the math on the ticket prices it's like a $5,000 door right you know split different ways but um, it just goes to show how valuable live performing can be uh, especially when you put together a nice act that people talk about and want to be a part of. So if Katie can sell 100 tickets and I can sell 50, combined, we sell more than 150 because combined, I think we pull people across that might have wanted to see her but were on the fence or wanted to see me but were on the fence. Like, oh, our value, we get to see both of them. Live meet and greet after and all that jazz. So seems to be a nice little possible business venture. And I, when I say business venture, it's the thing I love to do the most. So if I have to, if if uh, if we actually travel to do stand up comedy and see a lot of the great cities within our country, then so be it. You can sign me up for that. Well, I want to tell you guys I appreciate everyone who's been a part of our new podcast. We've been around for only a couple short months now, but you're making uh, you're making my day more complete because I get to round everything up and talk about stories that I might not have gotten to on the YouTube channel. And while it's a lot of talking, I've never been one to never have enough to say. So I'm here for you folks. And I hope I've been a 
valuable part of your ride. If I have been and you enjoy this free content, by all means, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal if you want to support us. That's the best way to do it. Uh, but also, if you just don't have the funds, that's totally fine. Share us with your friends. That's free. Share us with your other communities and other people that watch Bachelor News or anyone who's commuting. If you say, hey, you know what? I got a buddy out there who's putting together 30 minutes every afternoon. Put him on on your way home. We'll get some positive energy out there. We'll play some tunes and uh, we can share a little love and joy. Let me know what you guys think. Got a lot in the works, a lot to share with you, but um, I will see you tomorrow. I've been Dave Neal. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. Bye.